0: Everyone and welcome to episode 398 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. Uh, I survived the heat wave. My computer didn't <laughs> melt. It's good. <laughs> Ah, ha, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, I know it's been super hot. It's so funny because y'all are going through a heat wave, and here it's just, like, kind of been cold and rainy and starting to feel like fall and summer's over, so very difficult on the country. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, no, 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 no snow yet, but oh, you can feel it coming close. Uh, you, you heard that other voice chime in. Cram, uh, our other co-host. Uh, it seems like you survived the heat wave as well. You got the worst of it, right, out of all of us, I think.
1: Yeah, like, like SoCal got it pretty bad, although I hear, like, Sacramento is, like, on fire or, like, pretty much. I like got like 109, 110 degrees and stuff. But uh, my internet kept cutting in and out. So I'm just happy to have my connection back.
0: Well, good. To, good to have you back. Yeah, it's it's very. I I can't live without internet. I've realized that. I'm, I think I'm addicted or something. My like goes out for degrees like,
1: or no internet.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Oh. One hundred and ten <laughs> oh, degrees
0: I, is, is like as long yeah. as I have my internet works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, then you at least you can distract yourself by playing magic or something. If you have no internet, oh man, oh I just yeah, missed stir after a few hours. <laughs> yeah, hot and miserable and bored. Yeah. Add them all together oh <laughs> uh, anyway our uh, our podcast for today we got a couple interesting topics we want to talk a little bit about standard we're a couple weeks into our new standard format now and uh know, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about where the format's at we're also getting some spoilers for the warhammer 40k commander decks like literally as we're recording this they're doing a stream spoilers are popping out so we want to talk about some of those uh an update maybe on the Lorcana cards that we talked about yesterday we got our last podcast we got a little more information and then answering your fish mail of course so that's kind of the overview for today before we get into it a reminder that today's show is brought to you by card condo with the easiest way to sell your magic cards and if you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards well card condo it lets you skip over all the typing and the time and the work with their curated service You can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and just pay a five percent service fee and if you want to put in a little bit of effort on your end you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards ahead. Of time in pages to two percent fee. And no matter which option you choose, you're gonna get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed. And oh, yeah, right now you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduitcom mtggoldfish mtg goldfish. Card conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic card. So thanks to card conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. Let's start with probably the big topic. We just had standard rotation. We have our new Domineer United format. We got a couple of weeks of data now from tournaments. Let's start with the easy question. What do you guys think is standard? I know we've all been playing it. Like, where are you at with standard now that we've been playing it for a for a couple of weeks at least online?
1: I am addicted to it. It feels super balanced, uh lots of fun grindy games and I feel like lots of my decisions matter. Uh it's it's not like you know like the old okay, one for one enough times slowly accrue value. Uh, not just one card like Oko running away with the game or, or anything like that. Even down to the Planeswalker. So, uh, and, and more importantly, it's been fun watching uh, a lot of the people who never got to play with Liliana learn about her hidden mode where you just don't have to activate her.
0: <laughs> Ooh, we have we have a different opinion on standard, but what, uh, what do you think, Richard? Ooh, I'm with Krim. I think this is the
2: greatest standard it's ever been in quite a while um it is yeah. very diverse and this is the jun player in me right but all the games are super interesting and i can play all my pet cards in any colors and like still get away with it so i yeah. actually think standard's in a really good spot despite what i see everywhere else on social media i just don't understand what people are talking about but seth i'm sure you could chime in and uh, fill us in
0: what the community's talking about about standard Okay, so just so it's clear, my, my I do agree with you guys partly in, in that I really enjoyed Standard. The games are grindy and interesting and fun. The part I kind of disagree with is the diversity. I think that we're still at the place where black is kind of dominating the format. And that's kind of like the big topic in the community is just how prevalent black decks are. We talked about this last podcast, but now we have another week of obviously we haven't a pro tour or anything, but we've had a bunch of tournaments. We haven't had Standard challenges and so forth. And it still really is like nine, uh, eight out of the top eight decks, seven out of the top eight decks in all these tournaments are black blaze decks of some kind, Esper, Mardu, Grixis, Mono Black, Jund. So there is diversity and you can play your pet cards. If you play black in your deck, it it reminds me of Modern's diversity in a weird way. Like, we talk about Modern being super diverse, and it's diverse if you play a bunch of Modern Horizons 2 cards. And then you can surround those with whatever you want. But as long as you're playing the busted Modern Horizons cards, yeah, then it's super diverse. I feel like Standard's kind of in the same place. It's diverse. You can choose any color or combination of colors or no colors to splash in your black shell. But if you're not playing the black shell, you're probably going to have a bad time. And that's kind of reflected in the metagame. Page. If you look at just the most played decks on the metagame page, mono black Grixis, Jund, Rakdos, Esper, Grixis vampires, Orzov, Mardu, you got to get down to like number nine, and you get a Naya Reanimator deck, and then you go back to Orzov control, Rakdos, Esper. So really, what do you think about black in this format? Like, like I said, I'm also enjoying this format, and I found it really fun. But I don't know if it's is it balanced or is black just like. So far ahead of everything else, it's balanced if you play black. It's I closer I- to
2: Legacy than Modern. So in Modern, when you build your, you know, Invoke Element Invoke Elemental decks or whatever, like you get smashed by those cards. Those cards were the best cards in the deck, um, and, and you see it over and over again. Or you lose to a Monkey deck. Like you're losing to a Monkey, which whatever they're supporting it with. But in Legacy, like everything is a brainstorm deck, but all the decks play like extremely differently, and I think it's the same in standard. Like, yes, everything is black based, but you're still losing to like the best card, which is like wedding announcement or the, the wandering emperor, or maybe a fable, um, or a blood tithe harvester, or maybe a raffine or maybe a corpse appraiser or something like the, the actual colors you pair with black are the best cards in the deck, right. Or are very impactful. And the decks kind of play differently. It doesn't feel like, you know, it's a pet removal card or something, right. It's, it's actually no. It's it's the wandering emperor killing you, yes, or it's like titan of industry being reanimated and killing you, right? Like so, it feels different, even though it is all black based.
1: Or or obscura interceptor, which has been awesome bouncing stuff back. Yes, uh, like 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 I'm not even joking. Like outside of mono blue, which by the way has no black, uh, and has been very good. You you can just play almost anything that isn't like mono. I don't know mono green. <laughs> Funny enough, I th- I think mono green is, <laughs> mono green is, is the <laughs> yeah mono green is like really bad <laughs> like holy cow like yes you have all these like big five mana like creatures six mana creatures and then you know one more removal spell and it goes bye bye right like so I I I don't know I mean right now I just be like just like Richard had mentioned because even though do- like like black is dominating like the the card pool it none of the matchups feel like they're the same thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that there's a bunch of black decks running around as long as the play patterns aren't miserable. So I am really loving every game that I'm playing. Yeah,
2: it's a lot different than like, say, when Coco was dominant, all the Coco decks like looked and felt the same and you just played the same thing over and you played the same mirror over. Uh, but even when you play like a black-based mirror, like you play Orzov versus Grixis Rakdos, it's like totally different. So I can get behind this like, you know, the best card is, like, I don't know, uh, Cut Down and Meat Hook Massacre and Liliana. Like, it's just removal, right? Like, all the bombs and winning cards are, are still different colors.
0: So, okay, next next question on Standard. While we're talking about black cards in Standard, our data has Meat Hook Massacre at 75% of <laughs> decks, which is... A mind-blowing number. Like when Oko went to the Pro Tour the one time before it got banned, it was like 68 on day one, 72 on day two, 75 in the top eight. Like these are, these are Oko numbers. Obviously, as we've been talking about, there are a diversity of black decks. So you, it still does feel different. But one thing I haven't seen much of, maybe with the exclusion of like blue counterspell decks, is aggro, really. I feel like if you look at the metagame page and look at tournaments and just my subjective, like, playing games experience, you don't really see, like, run out my aggro creatures, attack you, unless you got blue for counter spells. Do you think that Meat Hook Massacre is pro- a problem? Is it a problematic card for standard? I feel like that's the card that really just keeps aggro from existing. And I know you can argue like, oh, some of the black decks play valve <laughs> yeah, Sleeper Evolve and they're Sleeper more says. aggro than the other black <laughs> decks, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, oh, I added a one drop to my, my black shell and now I'm aggro, but like traditional like mono green, mono red, uh, gruel, co- color combinations like that. What do you think about that? Like does standard need aggro to actually be healthy or, or doesn't that actually really matter?
1: I mean, I do think that there could, should be an aggressive deck Um, and there are, I've actually run into a decent amount of mono red. Um, but like (laughs) meat hook massacre is like the worst thing against mono green though. (laughs) Like, holy cow. There's stuff just like, (laughs) you have to spend like 90 mana to like kill like a six, six or something like that. Uh, but, but yeah, like out mono red. If you're thinking of just mono red being like the traditional, like aggro deck, I, (sighs) I would like there to be one. I would like there to be one, but I just... Yeah, Meat Hook Massacre is just so good against red decks because I, nothing I, of I, theirs I, I, I lost to Vinyl
2: Red playing... Meat Hook Massacre, like literally playing it, I still lost. It's possible, guys. <laughs>
0: the, yeah, yeah. The, the trick is, <laughs> I, fast. I just put, pl- I just played Burn for this week's budget magic that you can find on the YouTube. Uh, um, a zero rare Burn deck, and the trick is is really twofold. One is you just hope they don't have it, and you pray real hard to the magic gods that they don't have Meat Hook Massacre, and then you win. The other plan is just not to play creatures. <laughs> I re- I got to the point playing the deck where I'm like, I think I just have to like not play this like Phoenix Chick or whatever, and hope that I draw burn spells, because if I play Phoenix, it's going to die, and they're going to gain life, and then I'm not going to be able to kill them. So I, I think you got to, like, intentionally avoid creatures in some situations. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not super comfortable with a card being a 75% of the meta, honestly. It's it's, it's a wrath
2: <laughs> that gains you life, right? Like, that That seems wrong. And it's also a finisher, so like, your aggro decks also play Meat Hook Massacre, right? You're like, yeah. hey, I'll just yeah. wrath my board and get some reach out of this. Thanks, right? So it does a lot. It is slow though, right? You can actually outrace it, right? Like if you play uh, green, which no one does, or you play red, or uh, my favorite, I play brokers ascendancy. You just like outgrow the the, the meat hook massacre. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 theoretically beatable, but I feel people just aren't attacking the meta, or or like they're attacking the meta, but in a way you don't want them to. They're like, yeah, I'll beat all the black decks. By playing black, white, right? Or by I mean, playing that... black, red. That's the aggro, right? I played Blood Tie Harvesters and now I'm the aggro deck, right? And I'll, I'll get in before you, you know, can get your off Invoke Despairs or whatever, right? So <laughs> it, it is happening. It makes... It's just not as you want it to be.
0: <laughs> I, but I, it am... makes sense because. Beating Meat Hook Massacre, maybe the easiest way is having your own, because then they kind of cancel each other out outside <laughs> of the wrath effect. But when they're both on the battlefield, like, oh, they lose a life, but you gain a life. So, like, nothing happens if each player has a Meat Hook Massacre. <laughs> Which is great. So then, uh,
1: I don't know. I, I think this is, like, probably one of – something about, like, asking for, you know, like, is – thinking about a board wipe being problematic is just kind of, like, wild to me. It's a slow one, but it, but you're right. Like it is a finisher. It is a way to like like get back into a game. What, and it, what ah. what is the alchemy nerf to it? It's nerfed in oh, alchemy. They don't no don't life gain game. a life, oh, which is no life gain,
0: which is
1: a huge difference. I stopped yep. playing it entirely. It's like trash without the life gain. Oh wow! So. Yeah, like, cause then it, it then it narrows it down to like only the actual just sacrifice deck. That's the only deck that can play it.
0: Um, yeah, because the life gain is huge. Like that's that is what makes it so good against aggro. Like if it just swept the board, mono red wouldn't care. Like whatever, I get back my phoenix chick, I get back my stuff, I play some hasters, I kill you. But it's like, oh, I gain for life along the way, or I gained five life along the way. That's what really swings it, I think, in the black versus aggro matchups.
2: I I also blame Arena for all of this, right? Like say you crafted mono black mid-range, right? You dumped your like 50 wild cards into it and you want to play a new deck. You're like, I'll just craft like two Wandering Emperors and play (laughs) Orzhov, right? Like it doesn't cost much more to go black X. It costs like way more to be like, yes, let me craft like mono green Stompy and I have no idea if it's good or not, right? And as a result, not many players try it and not many players tune it. Um, Because I think like, we talked about the last week, the, the black shell is super easy to beat, like even without playing black yourself, but we just don't see the diversity and I'm not sure why. And I, I think it's partly due to like most people play in an arena and they don't want to just craft like random cards. Um, but yeah, like That's, Lily's not that hard to I, beat. Like it's not, it's not that, you can beat it, Ball it really right? Like you can beat these cards if you want, right? And guess what? There's nothing else in the meta, right? Normally if you like sell out to, to beat... Uh, this deck like you might get crushed by another deck but everything is black based mid range right so you'll be good against the entire field so i i feel part of it is something
1: to do with arena economy yeah i, th- I mean yeah like that 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 uh, actually makes a lot of
0: sense i think the arena economy might play a part of uh in it although i will say if you look at like standard challenge results on Magic Online that doesn't have the same economy issues, uh, it's still super black heavy. Like maybe it's because we test less that black side. heavy, but <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing standard leagues and they don't fire that quickly. And I play the same people
2: over and over again. <laughs> I think we all play on Arena and then just play the challenges on Moto
0: <laughs> and jump over there and play the challenges. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. So I mean, I guess the other good news is, in this very clearly, like, I don't think we need a banning now. Standard has still been super fun. The numbers, though, just jump off the page. Like, just such a high percentage of decks playing the same cards is a little scary. But I think the other bit of good news is we have a new set coming in, like, the beginning of November. So really, we're... I don't even know six weeks away from being in spoiler season maybe even less than that and then having a new set release so at this point i think if we if we have this black heavy standard for the next six weeks and and then we get a new set and see what happens from there i'm perfectly fine with that i do think i probably don't think this is healthy for two years (laughs) like if it's two years of black being 75 percent of the meta that's probably not ideal so hopefully some of the new sets coming up shift the meta a little bit towards other colors so does banning the meatball do anything i don't think so why i all mean like good. they'd be down a board because wipe, all of
1: the other cards
2: are still just as good and you would probably slot in whatever sweeper you had in whatever color you paired with <laughs> right so like does that fix anything like what happens my, when uh, all of the cards my, are too good
0: my my thinking would be and maybe this wouldn't work out the way that i have it <laughs> kind of planned out in my head but i would think if you got rid of meat hook massacre I think the upside is maybe that lets traditional aggro be a thing. Like, I think that's the card. Like, I think you can get in under these black mid range decks, the Jund and Espers. If it wasn't for Meat Hook Massacre, coming down and like getting rid of all your one drops, getting rid of all your two drops, gaining your opponent a bunch of life. So that would be maybe the upside. I think that black would still be the best color in standard, but maybe you have like a mono red deck that actually has a legit shot at like competing with the top of the meta in that scenario.
1: Mo- mono red will like like get pantsed by a single resolve Shieldred, though. Yeah. Shieldred
2: depopulate. Like, I, I think <laughs> aggro <laughs> is like hosed, even if you get rid of Meat Hook, right? They gotta print some. Legit aggro cards.
0: I, I don't. I, I don't know if depopulate actually would matter too much. Honestly, like I, I'm not super scared. Like Rath? trying to play mana red and playing burn. Like I don't know if I care about my board getting wrath because you have like your key creature. You have like Phoenix chick that's recursive. Reinforced Ronin bounces back to your hand. You got the hasty adversary that, like, flashes something back. Like, that's kind of the creature core. So just getting Wrath isn't really, I don't think, a problem.
2: You have, like, the the (laughs) fake timely reinforcements. Like... Yeah, a well, a There's a lot of to to life, There's a lot of random life to And remember, Trespasser just gains life for fun anyway, right?
0: So Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I like, mean it is it is a tough, tough world. <laughs> you, got, you got Trespasser, She Older, and the Meat Hook Massacre, plus maybe some sideboard cards. I've had like parasitic grass yeah. come in against me I sometimes and stuff like that. And you're like, oh come on now. Like Zorin <laughs> makes lifelink tokens. Like I, I <laughs> seriously I, I, you don't I play parasitic parasitic that much grass. for my card. I play parasitic
1: grass. That card is fire.
0: But fire against mono red—that's for sure. It is.
1: I've also like and like control. Like I think one of the most important spells right now. Like I don't know why people aren't playing more control. Uh, I've just been going on a tear with Esper and it's Voidrend. Voidrend is so good because you just don't care about half the ward stuff. Mono blue, like you—they have to have the thing that phases out. Yeah. Right. Like or well, like obviously shore up in that and whatnot. But like otherwise their deck is all counter spells. So like. Voidrend right now has been like a four of, and has been an all star in every match that I have it in. So like, interesting. It, it's been so good. Also, I think people forgot that Syncopate exists. Syncopate is so good with Tenacious Corn Dog against it. At least get that <laughs> card exiled, and then mm-hmm. and then he's gone. He's done. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's there's just so many things that are in the meta right now that make all the decks like sweeten the Celestis. I know we were, like, like talking about it in, like, pre-release season and whatever, but, like, about Timeless Lotus. No, no. Teferi and the Celestis is the truth. That also outgains all of Red Deck. <laughs> like, like, I'm not even joking. That thing is absurd. Uh, it is really I mean,
0: sweet. I've been a, a Salus disbeliever since, like, day one, although usually I don't even play it with Teferi. I think it's just, like, good. <laughs> I, I just play in a lot of decks because I think it's like, a good card. But, yeah, yeah, if you not it, it's even better. You just start gaining three
1: with Teferi every time, right? Like, you you can flip it, and then you, you and with that, you untap it with Teferi, and it's just like, oh, my God, it's so sick. And then on top of that, like, you're able to, like, super-duper outvalue the black base, like, mid-range decks right now if you're playing control with. Silver scrutiny, Wait, silver, scrutiny. Ooh, yeah. silver scrutiny. Yeah, silver
0: scrutiny. Yep, that's uh, the draw X card that you can cast it at oh, instant speed yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, yeah. doing yeah. a little X on it. Yeah, I've definitely I, had some opponents like draw seven or whatever with that, which is, oh. is kind of scary. I just had, but uh, then they're like mostly. Uh, dr- but then they're drawing a bunch of fairies and syncopates. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> sure, I, go for <laughs> it, buddy. <laughs> I I have I have
1: cast that card so many times, and it, like people just concede. Like like the black base mid range decks. I'll just like do a full grip and they'll concede. But then again, like syncopate is so much better than than I think people are giving credit for. I think that card is really good again. The exile. like a draw go deck. I'm very confused. Grim yeah, like, like, found out away away. with this. Like, people- it's so easy. Like I'm telling you, Void Ren and the card advantage in Silver Scrutiny and Memory Deluge, it's absurd. Wait, my two mana removal feels too slow when you're here casting Void Ren. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I need to see this list. Voidrend is all amazing, and I've also, like, had, like, you know, people in my streams play the list, and they're like, yeah, I've been going on a tear with this deck, so now I'm like, well, if, if people have caught on that control is, like, playable, I now need to tech against control. I also play uh, Katose out of the sideboard to really get rid of those Invoke Despairs. So... <laughs> yo this is i'm oh. telling you richard is right though you can play whatever pet cards you want i'm literally just playing katose because she's the waifu so i'm putting her in the sideboard and then i'm jamming her on and like in in against the uh, uh like all the black base mid-range decks so it's been a lot of fun you,
2: you know what i'm, I'm playing in, in standard i'm huh? playing what my you commander playing? deck <laughs> oh. so oh my god so i got trashed by this mono white control deck uh, which actually just went on the website but I, i've been running to this this person, is J. J, like we keep meeting up and he keeps trashing me with this. But basically you just play uh, ambitious farmhand, spirited companion and those things that just like recycle themselves. <laughs> and then you loop them back with uh, extract uh, extraction specialist, Sarah Paragon, uh, invoke justice, and things like that. And you just play all these dirty creatures and keep looping them back. And then you're like, yeah, I can literally plus one all day or invoke despair. Like I have like 80 cards in hand, right? And then you just, it's like almost impossible to lose against black. like. You need counter magic to stop this deck, or you need a farewell, that or sounds... you need something like that, right? But like black, like black, white, black, red, mono black, they cannot stop this deck, and you just sit there and grind them into oblivion, and it's a, uh, it's hilarious actually. You play farewell that... in standard. It's great. That sounds oh, sweet. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I
0: found the. I found the list. The list is up on the site. There's also vanquish the horde yep. in there. Yeah, that's that is a that is a spicy sounding deck. I might have to give that one a try. That sounds that sounds like my kind of deck. How is uh, Sarah Paragon Ben? I was super high on that card. Is it does it look good in that deck? It's only good in this kind of deck because you can
2: easily get to six, seven mana and you have all the like stupid two mana uh, creatures that can trip, or um, you can play the connive one too which this list doesn't do. Uh, so and you get back your sagas. So Sierra Paragon is like amazing if you get to seven mana, right? But if you're not getting to seven mana, you slay it on curve, it, it's gonna
0: suck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've I've been jumping around trying to play non-black decks just to see the options, and probably the sweetest one I've played recently is the, the Naya Reanimator decks, actually. Oh, yeah. But in Industry is still a, a pretty legit card, and maybe the more interesting uh, part is Sanctuary Warden's actually, like, legitimately yes. good at the moment. Like, it's such a... It's so much value, and then, especially if you can get around, like, Liliana's just reanimated or whatever. Uh, so I found that deck to actually be super fun and pretty competitive as far as being a uh, non-black deck. So if you're Looking for something that kind of goes big and works in a different way than the rest of the meta i would definitely recommend giving that one a try
1: that deck was a lot of fun also every time i actually just most of the time let the lily resolve because it just lets me discard some of the bombs yeah, take, that i pick
0: that up please like, yes i, <laughs> I can
1: actually it's it's quote-unquote naya but i can never cast the, the titan so
0: <laughs> yeah. you, you got like jet Mirror's garden or something the only part i dislike of that deck is the the mana is pretty rough. You got to play a place at a Windscard, Craig, the tapland, yeah, yeah. so you can cast your Invoke Justice. and like oh, yeah, yeah. it hurts like playing that tapland hurts. You, you can play that <laughs> but... same deck
2: mono white. It's the same shell as the other mono white control, except you play the angel and Invoke Justice, and you use there's a two drop Knive creature uh, that you can use oh, to loot your angel, and, and then you can actually yeah. cast your angel and everything because you're ramping. Uh, that's the version Ooh. I play. I play with Invoke Justice. Uh, Ooh. so
0: yeah you can go I might have to get that you can go mono I might have to get that, that list from you I was wondering how you filled the graveyard in mono but I guess you got restoration of a jano you have the connive stuff yes. so yeah restoration you like those two are enough yeah oh that's spicy I like it because you really only need like a big thing in the graveyard it's not like you're some dredge deck that's trying to like get a huge graveyard of stuff you just need your titan of industry yeah, or you whatever can, you can
2: just invoke just this back like r- elspeth or wanderer yeah. like it's fine right like just your planeswalker back and four counters like it's enough you don't actually need the angel
0: yeah the counters are actually pretty helpful with that invoke yeah. justice if you can cast it, it's a pretty strong card but all right we uh,
2: uh, it brings me like are the other invokes any good <laughs> like should we just only play I mean, invokes instead i am thinking <laughs> about it like
0: the black one sees a ton of play the white one's good the green one has seen play the one that makes two counters the blue one sucks oh the green one's the S- Green one looks bad. I, the green one's not bad. It adds a ton of power, isn't it? Like two, four, fives, or something. Like it's just has like just gonna get beat hooked. Well, yeah, it does. It does get me hooked. The red one I've seen playing like combo decks, but yeah. it's hard to play just in a generic deck. You yeah. got to have some specific plan for like flashing back the spells with it. But wait, what happened to the blue? The blue one is just literally game control of an artifact. Yeah, and yeah and it's, I wonder. It's a like control magic. I wonder if that could like i wonder if that could get there in the future we've all been high on like mono blue decks recently or mostly blue decks like the delver shells i wonder if that could be a sideboard card we've seen similar cards be sideboard cards mana? in the past five, five mana, mana del- on- 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 <laughs> i don't dude i i don't oh you, my like, god
2: you hope you take a shoulder and they can't remove it like what are yes, you gonna take with got them <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. There's not great hits, but I, I, we're going to Artifact Land. Maybe there's going to be some busted artifacts. We need to steal come uh, Brothers War Phyrexia. This is this is like
1: the deck of like the the most potential cards. It's got Karn. It's got the blue Invoke. It's just oh boy, we just need Christmas to happen,
0: and these cards are popping just need off Circle of Loyalty to round up. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. These cards are gonna pop
0: off. Oh uh, all right, that's that's standard. Uh let's actually talk some spoilers, because we're in the middle of this Warhammer spoiler season, just starting, going on all this week, and some of these cards actually look pretty strong to me. I'm actually I was wondering like with these crossover products, are they gonna make them weak so you don't really need them? Are they gonna make them strong? First impression of these cards is they're actually making them pretty good. Of course, not legal in standard, not legal in modern. This is eternal legal, legacy, vintage, primarily commander. So, Richard, we don't have a ton of spoilers. It's day one of spoiler season, but why don't you guide us through some of these Warhammer cards? Okay, so
2: you can find them on mtgpreviews.com, but they are basically the face cards of the four decks. Um, So we'll start off with Marnaeus Kalgar. Two white, blue, black. So five mana value. Three, five legendary creature. Uh, As starts warrior. So, double strike. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to gloss over that quickly for him. Uh, Oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> you know, between last podcast and that, we probably should have figured out how to pronounce this word. Huh? It's uh, Master Tactician. <laughs> Whenever one or more tokens enters a battlefield under your control, draw a card. Chapter Master. Six generic mana. Create two... 2-2, two, two,
0: white ass tarts
2: for your creature tokens with
0: Vigilance. <laughs> I mean, discounting all the ass tarts, this is a pretty good card, right? Like... <laughs> Like it, it doesn't have a once per turn limit. It's whenever one or more tokens. So obviously, if he has to secure the ways to make ten tokens, you're drawing one card. You'll get one card. But yeah. if you can repeatedly make a token, this can be a lot of a lot of card advantage in the body. It's not bad thanks to double strike. It's kind of a, a six five almost because of double strike plus late game. You're just like I got nothing to do. I'm gonna make some ass tarts and draw a card. I I think I think this card is not
1: great. <laughs> it's it's great flavorfully. I like if you like are a fan of Warhammer. I think that that's going to be something pretty cool. But as a card, I don't really like this. I don't know. It doesn't. It, it, am, it, am I wrong? Like, is this good? Secretly, like, I I don't think it is.
2: It's not bad. I mean, I I would say it's good. It's not like broken. I don't think it's horrible either. You can draw a lot of cards off this. It's a three-five double
0: strike, but it's Esper, so you have to play Esper token. Which I think that's is part fine. of the appeal. That's like a unique token color, like yeah. not one of the most so supportive token tokens.
2: Right, so Smothering smothering Tide in this, like, pops off, right? Yeah, it doesn't say creature tokens, so,
0: just tokens. Yeah. So, so
2: Smothering Tide, uh, I, I don't know what other tokens you can make I mean, here. you got... Like, Investigate tokens. Yeah, you, can,
0: you got Investigate tokens, you got Black Market Connections, making treasure tokens in those colors, you got Bitter Blossom if you want to go. There, like, there's a lot of things you can stack up that Ooh, make one token each turn, where this is just going to be like, if this sits out, I'm drawing five cards each turn or something ridiculous. Like, oh, I, I like it. I mean, I think... I don't think it's like a busted CDH commander or whatever, but I'd build a deck around it.
1: I think there's a card that, that I would definitely build around from this set.
0: I know. You like the demon one. <laughs> on <the
2: rim. laughs> right. Yeah. The uh, lacquer. The dark matter. Why are there demons in Warhammer What? What is Warhammer for? I thought it was face. Okay. So three. You ever see Dead blue, Space Black red. play Dead Space Richard? That's, that's six. like demons. No, no. <laughs> there are demons in that game. <laughs> Legendary creature Demon Noble, flying, Prince of Chaos. When Belliker, the Dark Master, enters the battlefield, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the number of demons you control. Lord of Torment, whenever another demon enters a battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal
1: to its power to any target. (laughs) Yo, so you have, what is that, the... Two worthy abilities. Like, so first off, the, the first ability is great. I love everything about that. That is so cool. I don't know how many demons you're ever going to have because they're like all like a million mana. But the thing here is it's sick in theory. The back half of that, that it's the second part that I think is going to be really good. Even though you won't have many demons, demons always have like an absurd amount of stats. They're usually like 6-6 six, six, or at least 5 or something like that. Uh and and this gives you uh, whatever that enchantment is War Warhammer Surge, uh Warstorm uh, Warstorm surge. Yeah, yeah 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 same yeah. thing uh like it gives you that on a body that's pretty sick dude I I think this is a really cool commander and on top of that the one thing that I love I, I I always enjoyed my mono black my Kyrick demons deck but I felt like by leaving out like the Grixis card pool I'm missing out on some pretty cool like you know demon themed things. So these and, and counters, of course, Krim. and spells. Yes, I mean, of course, I actually do need mana drain in this because I'm
0: playing a nine drop demon that's not going to do anything. So, I mean, I I like this guy. I think this might be the best demon commander. Like, Easily. it seems it seems like it's a really strong demon commander, and much like Krim, I like that it's going into blue as well. We have a lot of Rakdos and mono black demon commanders. If you want to play Grixis, though, you're at, like, Solkenar Swamp King or the oh, new Solkenar, which aren't really demon commanders. They just happen to be demons that are Grixis. But getting blue, even just focusing on demons, you get, like, Lord Xander's a demon, a Silent Blade is a demon ninja, Prince of Thralls, a sweet old demon. So you do get some interesting additions by going into blue. So I think this one's pretty good. I expect a lot of people are going to build a demon decks around this. And it's got a really good ETB, too. Like, even you were saying, like, oh, yeah, how many demons are you going to have? But really, with that second ability also stapled onto it even if you etb draw two or something that's still fine six five flyer draw a couple cards when it comes into play and then your next team and just starts burning things burning people burning creatures out of the game i think that's actually a pretty good one what do, what do you think about this one richard
2: somebody calls homer is this tribal tribal <laughs> oh, play <playable>. oh god <laughs>
0: Ooh, changelings. <laughs> I feel
2: like this is the problem with all tribal cards You're just like, well, the, the actual best home for it Is not a demon deck, but tribal tribal uh, Where you get access to Like super cheap demons uh, You can slam everything down So, yeah, I think I don't know how tuned that deck is But this seems like a good card uh, But maybe the worst
1: card of that deck Is still better than this card,
2: I don't know But lots of demons
1: Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> that's all I needed to know Lots of demons, as All in, right. like, two, because that is a lot of demons. They're, like, not, that's, <laughs> Dude, like, that's eight. That's you 18, 18 mana, <laughs> like, you probably spent for two demons. So, yeah, that is a lot. You're popping off. Uh, next
2: up, uh, immotech the Stormlord, two black black, three, three, legendary artifact creature, Necron. Phaeron, when one or more artifact creatures leave your graveyard, create two, 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 black Necron Warrior artifact creature tokens. At the beginning of combat, on your turn, another target artifact creature you control gets plus two plus two and gains menace until end of turn.
0: So this is another one where I'm kind of surprised there's not a once per turn restriction on it. I'm trying to think of like the easiest way to abuse that token ability. I, I guess you can use, you know, relic Progenitus or some exiling stuff, but there's got to be like some synergies to make a ton of tokens with this repeatedly lion sash you have just wrong uh, colors i'm like <laughs> you need something like that you right? have um
2: because even relic is once per turn the, cycle what's right?
0: the what's a modern thing oh uh, that used to see play the three drop that lets you get an artifact a lesser mana value back when an artifact leaves the battlefield the scrap oh, oh, <laughs> this is trawler? Just the battle? scrap trawler scrap trawler so yeah, that's like yeah. constantly getting artifacts back from your graveyard so it's leaving the graveyard i bet there's like a pretty sweet Ah, these cards just came out, so I didn't have any time to do any brewing with them. But I think there's actually probably some sweet synergies for this card. I don't know if it's good. Hmm. Maybe it's more of a 99 card. I'd play this in, like, Shroom or something. Some artifact graveyard-style deck just in the 99.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. I wonder how many...
0: I was, I, I'm thinking of like that Sir
2: Conrad kill you had on commander. Yeah. Black-ish. Like I wonder how many like cheese cards, like there's gotta be something you could do here, ah. but I think maybe a scrap trawler loop or something might actually be the right
0: answer. Yeah. Something, something along those lines. I mean, two, two, twos is, that's a decent reward. The, the second ability sucks though. Yeah. So second like ability is kind <laughs> of live and die <laughs> by this
2: first ability here. So you got to abuse this one. Uh, next up. Magus Lucia Kane. One green, blue. Red, so four-teamer, one-one, legendary creature, human, tyrannoid, wizard, spiritual leader. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Psychic stimulus, tap, add two generic, or sorry, two colorless. Uh, When you next cast a spell with X in its mana cost or activate an ability with X in its activation cost this turn, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets for the copy.
0: Hmm. How good what is these this? These random abilities. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I I maybe it makes sense if you're a Warhammer fan. Maybe this is like, oh my god, this is just like in Warhammer. So to me though, it's like I don't understand what this card's doing. I mean copying. So you need a gyre sage? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like a, a like a gyre Sage
2: X spell deck. Yeah. Is what
0: incubation Druids, you can put the counters on, stuff like that. Yeah. And then and then you also need X spells. Hmm. I mean, I guess, like, Hydras? Hydras get counters and want doubling seasons plus their X spells. Maybe maybe something like that is the direction you go with it. Is that better than, like, uh, Zaraxa or whatever that saltai one is that was in a commander deck a little while ago? I don't actually know, but I don't know. It, it's a cool card. It is also a Formula 1-1, which is a, not a very big card as far as power and toughness like that's that's not a big body for its cost eh. all right uh
2: those are the four face cards and we have one random card uh which is noise marine uh which is a marine with an electric guitar <laughs> <laughs> four and a red wow uh, three two <laughs> very <creature>, little. <laughs> uh as starts warrior and uncommon so this is uncommon <laughs> it has cascade <laughs> sonic blaster when noise marine enters the battlefield it deals damage equal to the number of spells you cast this turn
0: to any target yeah
2: i mean that's that's some mad max going on here i don't know what's going on
0: <laughs> i mean seems fine for a cascade deck like if you're if you're trying to do that or maybe i guess like you could a storm deck as like a backup grape shot it essentially has Grape shot text on it because <laughs> after i've done storming i have five mana. <laughs> that's what the rituals so are expensive. for that's what the oh. rituals are for I mean, it's only an Uncommon 2, so I, I'm guessing this isn't yeah. supposed to be one of the most pushed cards from this app, but I don't know, in like a medium power Cascade deck, I'd, I'd probably just throw that in there for value. Cascade's a Cascade. So uh, I just want to say, these cards look like magic cards. They do. <laughs>
2: through <and> through. <laughs> like uh, The only the only exception, maybe okay, maybe the electric guitar guy is uh, throwing it off, but the Marine, but even the Marine looks kind of magic-y. Uh, but the other three cards, like the, the
0: Demon, that looks like it's
2: straight out of Ravnica or something.
0: Um, yeah, if I, yeah, so. if I didn't know this was a Warhammer 40k deck, I, I wouldn't think twice about it. I just, eh, whatever, like it's, it's kind of unique magic set. The only thing that's really weird is the creature types, I guess are pretty unique, which we've been uh, talking about a little bit, but Necrons and Tyranids and all this stuff that we just don't have in magic. So that's, I guess the least magic part for me, but I don't know. It seems like they're doing a good job of making it feel like magic cards, even though it's featuring another IP. So, anyway, we're going to be getting spoilers uh, for these decks throughout the whole week. I think we're supposed to get a deck a day starting tomorrow. So, you can find it on the, on the Mothership, the schedule, and we'll, of course, have them up at mtdpreviews.com. Speaking of cards from other games, last week we talked <laughs> a little bit about uh, a new Disney game that is coming to uh, compete with Magic, apparently. Locana. Well... Since last cast, we actually got a look at some of these cards. So they they previewed some early previews. Krim, I know you've been uh, kind of keeping track of this. What are what are we getting with Lorcana? What did we learn in the last week?
1: So Lorcana is, as you know, a brand new game from, from Disney. Now let me pull up the actual full list of cards here. Uh this has actually got me pretty excited. Um and it's got so we've got Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, Elsa the Snow Queen, Corella Deville, Maleficent, Robin Hood, and Captain Hook. And no so far, nobody really knows how the game's supposed to play. All we know is that it's just I don't know. Like it looks good. Like it the way the cards look, the borders and everything, it just looks really well done. So I'm really excited for this. I don't know what dragon fire means as an ability. Uh, But like Robin Hood is in there and Robin Hood is like, like whatever the top left is, it looks like it's going to be its resource system. So we don't know too much about how the game plays yet. We just know that these cards came out and that these cards are only available at D23 Expo. That's all we know. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it, it looks like magic, right? Yeah. So, Banish and Opposing Character looks like Destroy, Target, Creature, <laughs> uh, Evasive looks like Flying stuff, or whatever, Stuff right even there. there is a resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff taps. There's a resource on the top left, which looks like mana. There's a power and toughness. Um, but, yeah. So, the, the cards look really good. And the gameplay looks decent or, I don't know, it looks like a real card game, but... Uh, Being only Disney characters, it's like dead in the water for me. Yeah, like uh, It had to have like Iron Man or something. Like I don't really care for playing with Elsa and Captain Hook. Uh, Maybe their expansions will add in some of the other IPs. But strictly speaking, it's currently uh, like Disney movies, like proper Disney movies.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. that was kind of my concern last week when we were talking about it is, is this a game for like adults or for kids overall? And so far it seems like... Uh, these cards at least focus more on the the kid family friendly aspect of Disney. It's not Star Wars or what anything like that that Disney might own. It's all like pretty traditional Disney stuff. I hope the game does well. I I mean, the way I'm looking at this at this point, and maybe this changes as we get more expansions, but maybe this just gets more kids interested in TCGs in general. And then after they are like, hey, I'm a little old to play Elsa versus Cruella Deville versus Robin Hood, maybe they start playing Magic. So maybe maybe the rising tide lifts all ships type thing, maybe this is a positive for Magic overall, if it just drives interest in the genre as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I... I
1: don't think that, like, this will directly, like, destroy magic or anything. But the way the cards look, it looks like it has a pretty fun game kind of, like, ready and, like, built behind it. So, I don't know. Is it going to kill magic? Probably not. Nothing will. But, like, the the game itself looks really fun. So, I, I'm pretty hopeful. I love a lot of TCGs. I don't only play magic. So, any chance that I, there's a new game out there to, like, you know kick every other competitor to like kick it up a notch i'm excited Uh, could you i do want to see this secret layer treatment though
2: i I like the way like their cards look it looks pretty good um this is what happens when you can design cards in 2022 and like not use the same frame you've been using for like 20 years yeah (laughs)
0: They feel, they feel so full art while not being full art. I mean, it's it's super magic-y. You can tell that this is, like, very yeah. much based on magic. They even have, like, the flavor words. If you read the cards, it'll have, like, a, a little, like, you'll be sorry next to, like, Corella DeVille's ability or freeze. Like, those are uh, dragon fire. Like, it seems just like flavor words that Wizards started using with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms to, like, highlight the flavor of the cards and the abilities. So, it seems very magic The part that got me was the tap symbol. I honestly thought that that was, like, trademark or something and no one else could use that mechanic in their cards so that part caught me by surprise because i thought that was one of like the few things that wizards actually owns and no one else can use but i guess maybe it's different enough apparently i'm sure disney <laughs> ran it by their lawyers or whatever but it, it surprised me to see that as part of the game because i thought other games couldn't use that mechanic
2: the the vest is the the bottom line it looks exactly like a magic card with the collector's number the, yeah. the set symbol thing. yeah
0: also but. little little uh, finance news i guess uh people are selling these uh on ebay so someone tweeting about it and they're going yeah. for like two grand for the for the seven <laughs> cards and yeah apparently part what? of that's because of they were like 50 bucks right Well, yeah they were super, only being super sold
1: at d23 expo this has the first edition it has like some stamps on it you know it looks extra cool and fancy so
0: Yeah. Oh, and they... Okay, so they said initially that the Mickey Mouse would only be from this festival, which was driving part of the interest, uh, like a reserve list type thing, but it sounds like, reading an update, they clarified that all these cards will be in their, their first set next year. Right. So these are the first editions. You'll never get a first edition again, so that's the part that makes these special and unique. I guess, like, it'd be like Alpha Black Lotus or something. If this game takes off, these are the alpha versions of Black Lotus. You'll be able to get the beta versions or whatever once they release their full set but yeah it seems like there's some significant financial interest in these cards at a minimum uh, right off the bat at least oh yeah that's why
1: like that's why they, like they've also got like the special like stamps i forgot they they showed what was on the cards it,
0: it looked really cool so that is a uh, that is lorkana i think it's almost time for fishmail i just want to mention one more one more thing. Actually, well, two things real quick. One is we got a big commander announcement today. They're expanding the commander RC with uh Olivia Gobert Hicks and Jim Lepage joining the RC. Uh, congrats to them. Awesome to see some new voices on the RC, the RC growing. So uh that's super exciting. The other thing I wanted to mention is uh have either of you been drafting <laughs> Dominaria? I don't know, have nope. you just been playing standard? Are you playing limited? Yeah. I only play standard so yep i've freed myself from drafting by quitting arena <laughs> i don't need to do that anymore oh <laughs> there's been like a ton of posts on on the reddits over the last few days of people being like i'm usually good at limited but i cannot win a game with dominaria what am i doing wrong what's what's the problem and i've been drafting a little bit and i've really been enjoying this because i love like five color sets those are some of my favorite sets so my little bit of advice uh is <laughs> limited expert put on the limited expert hat here um <laughs> I think you got to really focus on on fixing your mana. That has been my takeaway in the drafts that I've done. The drafts where I have bad fixing go really poorly and the drafts where I have good fixing go really well. And I think that people need to um need to Uh, reevaluate the the kicker cards i think i've looked at some people's drafts on like 17 lands the site that tracks all that and it looks like something that people do is treat the kicker cost as an actual part of the card so you got like phyrexian missionary the uh, two mana two three lifelinker that if you kick it for black mana uh you get to raise dead something like a two mana two three lifelink in white that's already a legit card like even if you have no black mana in your deck that's fine and i see people just passing these cards and passing passing these cards because they're like, well, I can't pay the kicker cost. A lot of the creatures with kicker, they're good enough on their own that even if you can't kick them, you should put them in your deck because they're just good on rate. And then when you get a bad pack and you don't really have anything that's going to help your deck, try to snag the land, even if it's not in your colors, and then you'll have the optionality of maybe being able to pay your kicker costs or maybe being able to play domain cards. So that's been my experience drafting DMU is it's really all about trying to fix your mana in a way that you can take advantage of all these, these crazy colored cards. And, and don't think just because you can't kick a card that you shouldn't put it in your deck because many of the kicker cards are good enough, even if you can't kick them. And kickers are just kind of a bonus on top of an already fine card in limited. So anyway, hopefully that helps someone who is struggling with a limited format. But anyway, I think it's fishmail time. Richard, take it away.
2: Wait, before I get to fishmail, or actually,
0: there's a fishmail question from Richard.
2: Is the format good, Seth? Should we play it?
0: Dominari draft I have been very much enjoying yeah. it like it is my style of limited you can build five color value piles there's plenty of removal so even if there's a bomb in general the bombs are beatable because you have all the Rona's vortexes and good removal so I have had the most fun playing this format out of uh, many of the last limited formats honestly this is one of my personal favorites so I don't know if you like kind of complicated formats with a lot going on and a lot of fixing the possibility to play pretty much whatever you open I think this is a good format for you. So I guess it depends on what you like out of your limited. If you want to be like super aggro, mono colored beat down or something, this probably isn't going to be your jam. But if you like to be like, I am this three color pile that can splash up to five colors and pay these kicker costs and just play all these cool cards. <laughs> then Dominary United Draft is like super fun. That sounds that sounds awesome. All right. Uh, if you have questions, send them
2: to at MG Goldfish with the hashtag MG Mail. And we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, first up from Brian P. What do you think of Dominaria United lacking any vanilla creatures? Um, only flavor text on the card, no flying, no defender, etc. Have we officially hit a point of no return for complexity on power creep? Do we always expect something, even in limited? Is this good for the game?
0: Yes, I don't think it matters, honestly. No, like, let's say, How different is anything if they stuck Grizzly Bears into Dominaria United? Literally 0%. Limited is no different. Standard is no different. I don't think it really matters. Like, I I don't think that having no vanilla creatures has any any real impact. And if anything, maybe having more powerful cards which adding mechanics to them tend to do maybe that's a good thing overall like having higher powered commons and uncommons. that's something i've really appreciated over the last few sets as we complain about the cost of like getting rares and mythics on arena seeing a bump in power at lower rarities is kind of like a a weird hack to maybe make decks a little bit cheaper obviously not yeah. that ideal way i'd love to just see arena be cheaper but the more commons and uncommons that are good enough to put in your constructed deck I think the better for players. So I don't know. I don't care if we have vanilla creatures.
1: Yeah. I don't think it like takes away from the game. I, like, obviously it, it it's cool to see them just as like a meme, but like other than that, it doesn't actually do anything to like the play of the game.
0: Yeah.
2: How can there be no vanilla cards? I'm so confused.
0: <laughs> everything has like text on it. Yeah, really. The first time ever, I believe huh. I saw I saw some post about this. But yeah, apparently for the first time in Magic's history, everything has at least some abilities on it.
2: Because I I, I would assume there would be like a two mana three three or two mana two three or something, right? Like just vanilla or
0: like even a Grizzly Bear. But now stuff. it's it's got kicker, or it's got now, now or it's got vigilance, draws you a card, death touch. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: I want vanilla creatures. I don't know why we need to power creep. Like, at some point, new players need to play somewhere, right? And if they're not playing with commons and uncommons, what are they playing with? So, like, I think like it doesn't actually matter that you have, like, a 2-mana 3-3. Three, three, but, like, just for simplicity, they should have some simple simpler cards, right? And it'll be on the same power level as, like, I don't know, a 3-mana 2-2 two, two with lifelink or something, right? So, I think they should have some at
0: least, but... Whatever, I guess, I guess we're not getting those anymore. And right? we don't have corsets anymore either, which maybe that's part of it. That, I don't know, even flavor plays into it to some extent. It's easier to add flavor to cards, I think, if you give them abilities. So, I don't know. I wouldn't mind if we had some like, vanilla creatures, but...
2: So, we don't have any just pure flavor cards anymore, nope. right? Because,
0: no. Because... Huh, how am I going to know the story of Magic the <laughs> Gathering? Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't know the story anyway, so... Yeah, I, I don't...
1: I currently do not know the story, so yeah.
2: Uh, all right. <laughs> Next question. Moss Zess. Uh, why is the Black Lord in Dominaria not a zombie lord?
1: Zombies get mm-hmm. a lot of love What's, already,
0: right? What, what is the it's Lord in Dominaria? That's okay. the cleric lord. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have... I have mixed mixed feelings on this one. So I think the reason it's not a zombie lord is zombies are already supported in Standard, and maybe Wizards was trying to avoid like supporting tribes that are already good in Standard, because outside of Soldiers, which is mostly from DMU, none of the tribes they supported come from uh, tribes that are already really good in Standard. On the other hand, I thought they were trying to call back to the original lords with all the, uh, all the nostalgia that is in Dominaria United. And if you go back to Alpha, like... Oh, what is it? Zombie Master, I think, was the, yeah. the zombie lord in the first ever set. And, like, goblins had Goblin King. And there was one other one, a uh, Merfolk, Lord of Alanis, of course. So I was a little surprised that we didn't get a zombie just for flavor purposes and callback purposes. Because I thought that's what they were trying to do, is call back to, like, the original lords in Alpha. But apparently not. Yeah, I feel like every set should have a zombie lord it feels like angels this is how you get
2: people to play magic You're like look zombies <laughs> look angels right and they come play right like so I, like maybe yeah maybe decay would be too strong i, I don't know yeah maybe we already have zombie support um but yeah so it's weird um okay those are all the questions we have this week thank you to everyone who sent them in if you have questions in the future, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish mail, and we'll get to your questions on air.
0: And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 398 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about the rest of Warhammer spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out.